0: Superpod 2020, raising money for sport relief. Two days of great comedy and sporting podcasts. Desert Island Dicks. Legend in my spare time. Sports Spiel. How Not to Be an Idiot. The Dredgeland Podcast Spectacular. And more. Saturday 7th and Sunday 8th of March. And the social in Southampton. And you can be there too. Free entry until 7 pm and then ticket only from 7 pm. Tickets available now at superpod.co.uk. If you can't be in South hampton the whole event will be streamed live online on your smart speaker and on facebook live find superpod uk on facebook twitter and instagram and use the hashtag superpod2020 for more information visit superpod.co.uk
1: Ladies
0: and gentlemen, Legend in My Spare Time Podcast. Legend in My Spare Time.
2: Legend in My Spare Time contains themes and subjects that may not be suitable for everyone listening. If you're easily offended, we suggest you get your podcast on elsewhere
1: welcome you loyal listeners to a special edition of the legend of my spare time podcast I say special in every episode and every, ep- every every
2: every every episode is special
1: <laughs> that's right thank you very much there he is um, uh, we, have we a man that i've known now for for 10 years and we've podcasted together many many times i think we said last time we were together his first episode was five or six if that long and uh he's here once again from mars needs podcasts and another rare super rare human being because one that i have allowed to be in my home in my house with my family it's jj motherfucking hawkins welcome sir I scared his cats. It was delightful. You did. And you scared a cab driver, but we talked about that last week. He (laughs) did not, he did not want none.
2: (laughs) And apparently, uh, according to you, I also may have scared a group of chavs. So, you know, cool.
1: Yeah. Fuck it. You know, fuck it so it's a wonderful day because we're podcasting together and uh we thought it was time to catch up and um i always love being able to catch up with you now for listeners of my show if you're wondering where just johnny is no i didn't fire him and no i didn't break up with him i saw him like two fucking days ago don't worry he's one of the other people that's allowed in the house with the family um he's on the house you did you met him he's real we played games. We, we played did. Cards Against Humanity. Yeah, we did. I love that game. I don't know why. Where it's at. Where are you been all my life? Uh, and I, I went on a, a quite a, now. For those of you who don't know, Cards Against Humanity is basically like who's the most disturbed, right? Uh, and I went on like a six-game winning streak or something. So just yeah. digest that for my longtime friends. Anyway, just Johnny, new job, different schedule. We haven't ironed it all out yet, but don't worry. Don't
2: worry much is the same case with me and Jason, which exactly. is why Mars is, is, is taking you winter hibernation at the moment.
1: That's right. So you and I can podcast together, you know, uh, when, when, we're around to fill out a few episodes and I've, you know what, the history of this show is a cycling Rolodex of podcast co-hosts from around the world. And that's pretty cool. There's nothing wrong with that. So I'm just going to rotate through all my good buddies and, uh, you know, it's all downhill from here in my opinion, my friend. <laughs> So there we are. Um, it's been. What do we do? It's 2020. You know, it's the it's the fucking new year. Same shit. I think I sent to you the other day. You know, new year, same morons.
2: Um, yeah, and I sent back to you. Well, that's better than new morons in the same year.
1: That's true. That's very true. So, you know, it's, uh, it's the same old rubbish, and uh, I can ask you how your holiday season and all that was, but that's kind of like the BS that they do on shows, you know, and people at my work are still asking you how your Christmas was and stuff, and I'm like,
2: it's the 7th of January, man. Move on with your life. Right, and you want to know that I do have an answer for that. That's a little weird and the fact that I haven't taken the time to do my usual Christmas celebrations yet because I haven't had uh, the time off to do it. Like yeah. The chunk. So, yeah, I still, the only person that I really have stuff from that sends me anything for Christmas is Jason, and it's still in the like, uh, the box that it got shipped to. So, my Christmas, you know, yes, it's December 7th, I haven't had Christmas yet, but I will. When you get to it, when you get around to it. I mean, a big highlight of my
1: Christmas this year, of course, was you being here with us,
2: you know. Well, uh, uh, that, yeah, that's actually why Christmas for me has been kind of postponed, in the fact that I, I have little rituals that I like to do, you know, like I I like to have rum in my coffee. I like to not have any place to go. I like to be able to watch Christmas movies and eat, you know, like cheese and, you know, it's, I don't know, it's not, but it's just these little things that I like to do. And I haven't had a full day yet where I could just like disengage and do the thing of where I'm not someone who opens everything all at once. I like to open something and enjoy it and then maybe, you know, have, have a spiked coffee and, you know, look at the Christmas lights and everything's, you've got a buzz and everything's cool. And then, you know, maybe an hour later you open something else and Christmas takes all day that way.
1: Yeah, I like it. I like it. There is a something to uh, there's something you know better than the whole and there's a pile of paper and it's over, you know, um yeah,
2: because you look forward to it all year and you decorate your house and then Christmas is like five minutes long, and then yeah, and then you fall asleep again,
1: yeah, and then your house looks empty when you take all your shit down, um yeah, now obviously, you and I uh, and our listeners and friends will know we've had tumultuous years, <laughs> yeah, or recent times. So I'm gonna go out on a limb and say neither neither you nor I had you know top ten Christmas season not nor nor did my family obviously so I think you know here's to next year
2: you know what I mean here's to next year here's to and, next year and I, I w- with that again I would put the caveat of the fact that I did spend seven days uh in Europe and that was delightful so fuck I we went to fucking Stonehenge didn't we bat.
1: <laughs> it's fucking rock formation isn't it There's a big fucking round bunch of rocks in there. they don't know where they fucking came from well they know they came from fucking whales but they don't know who the fuck put them there no I know who the fuck did to get them on top of each other look how fucking high they are
2: i almost last night i almost watched a uh i ended up watching going back to there's a disney plus series called the imagineering story that if you are a disney nerd in any oh, yeah. way it's so good. Oh yeah. But that they had a National Geographic special on Stonehenge and I was like, do I want to watch that? Or do I want to watch Engineer Engineering? Imagineering. And I watched Imagineering and then fell asleep, but it was yeah. good. I mean, now of course
1: I have never seen this show because it's obviously not available in the UK yet. So of course
2: I have no of idea. Course. But I'm pretty sure I did I did I, did I tell you to watch? Uh, so you told me that it existed and said that it might be relevant to my interests. Correct. That's what I, that's
1: exactly what it was. That's exactly <laughs> the conversation we had. You have such a better memory than me and I'm grateful for it. Thank you very much.
2: <laughs> you're, you're welcome. Uh,
1: so that obviously means then we can't talk about the Mandalorian because of course I haven't seen it. I don't even know what a baby Yoda is. Um, I can imagine though that I would have fucking loved it, but who knows? Uh, what we can talk about is those the, is, is a, if, that we haven't done yet. I'm sure everyone's done it. So we can touch on it briefly. The movie you went to see on Christmas Day. Um, can we put a
2: pin in that for a minute? Yes. Because let's just say we said something about the fact that I might have something to say a little later. Yes. Is that related to it? In, let's put a pin in that. All right. Okay. We'll put a, put a pin in Mandalorian. We'll put a pin in all of that. Okay. And we'll hold on to that and we'll talk about, you said you wanted to maybe talk about, touch on something else first. We'll touch on that. And then just in case I get on a tirade, which may or may not happen.
1: I'm down with it. There's only one snag in this scenario. Okay. Uh, You mentioned me mentioning something I wanted to mention and I have no idea what that was.
2: Oh, you said you wanted to talk about the Golden Globes and I I haven't seen the Golden Globes. So I'm like,
1: what's that? See, we talk about rituals and Christmas rituals. I have a podcast ritual. You've been in my home. You know exactly what it is. The listeners may or may not. It's none of their fucking business. But <laughs> you that do laundry. Would, that's right. I do laundry. That would be why I, I do just- Do laundry before the episode. Of course, you have to, because if you don't have- I can't settle unless there's clean underwear in the dryer. You know what I mean? I just can't mm-hmm. settle. So I want to talk about the Golden Globes. You have not seen then uh, the Ricky Gervais
2: um, uh, opening monologue. So there's two, thing, I, I, there's two things there. A, I don't have a uh, – I don't pay for cable. Uh, I've been a cable cutter for a long time. Uh, and uh, I don't have a digital antenna, so I don't pick up networks. Hmm. Um, and so I, I, I saw it was on YouTube, but I also really fucking hate Ricky Gervais. Oh, well, then I know you've mentioned that to me. Then you'll hate it.
1: But I fucking loved it. Uh, now I, I don't, before, before people jump on me about it, I am a longtime wrestling fan and mm-hmm. there are two, there's, we always joke Vince McMahon's two rules of wrestling rule. Number one, it's always a work rule. Number two is C number C rule. Number one.
2: Right. Exactly.
1: Rachel and I apply that to all forms of entertainment, if not life. Right. So you'd be watching a reality show and be like, it's a work. So of course I know this thing was written. Okay. And I know maybe some people knew about it and whatever. Either way, it was fucking funny. It was brutal. um, And it was great watching people squirm in the crowd. Uh, He went for people hard. Okay. Um, So... Uh, he, again, I'm not going to like try to repeat the whole thing. I I think people should listen to it. I may even put it in. I may, I wish I had my old setup where I could play it so that you could hear it too. We could listen together. But again, you hate him, but that might be kind of fun, you know, something that one of us is into and the other isn't, you know, maybe we should stick a pin in that idea too. Um, right. But I, thought it was fucking awesome. He finished the ending because it's been put in memes everywhere, so I'm not really spoiling anything. And if I'm spoiling a fucking monologue from the Golden Globes, you need to get over yourself. But he finished with essentially like, listen, when you come up here and get your awards, you have no basis for reality. You have no idea. You have no right to speak about the real world. Just take your award, thank your agent, thank your God, and fuck off. And he kept referring to the fact that this is the last time he's doing the Golden Globes, so he doesn't care anyway. Anyway, uh he says the world got to see James Corden as a fat pussy. He was also in the film Cats. Uh, see now I don't know if I've lost connection or if you're just no selling okay. oh, Gervais hard. I'm, All right. I'm 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 listening. No, I'm listening. Okay, cuz here's my thing. I was kind of waiting for a laugh, but <laughs> I guess not. The fat no, pussy no, no, no. thing's funny, right? Because you can see it coming a mile away, but it's funny. Oh yeah, no, 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 it is. No, okay. So
2: here's here's uh, uh, here's kind of my thing about uh, about comedy, and uh, and here part of what I don't necessarily like about Ricky Gervais, and this doesn't necessarily work for James Corden, but it's part of my thing about Ricky Gervais. Are you familiar with the term punching up? Um, with with, re- with reference to a relationship. Okay, so punching up in comedy basically means that um, the people that you that you attack. It's one thing if you if you attack, say, the Disney Corporation, because the Disney Corporation does in fact own everything. Disney is, although they put out a lot of entertainment that that you know gets a lot of money from me, they are still at the end of the day a huge corporation that is making fuck tons of money. And at some point you have to go uh, enough's enough. So that's what you call punching up when you make fun of the D- Disney corporation. Well, he did that you, too. Right. Which, you know, again, that's perfectly okay. But you know, they are fair game. They are, they are a company that we should enjoy and fear in equal measures.
1: Of course we respect them. And let, they, even on podcasts and things, you can't play their shit. You can't really mention their name.
2: You know what I mean? that, that right. shall I not mean, be named. And you know, and I watched that show that you <laughs> that you uh, you recommended to me on Disney Plus, which I paid for for a year. <laughs> and you know, uh, I, 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 you know, I I you know I went to a Disney parker last year. I was gonna say earlier this year, but it is a new year, year now. Um, you know, I love I love me some Disney. So, but also, you know, we should kind of fear their amassing of power. So that is so that is definitely punching up when you when you are attacking somebody for their weight. I, I, that's when i start to get away that's yeah i mean i know I, he he does a lot of like jokes digs like that but it kind of like the i remember having an argument with uh, a friend of mine with years ago with the the whole when kanye west uh stole taylor swift's award okay now taylor swift now Versus Taylor Swift then is a different story. If you think of the Taylor Swift now, you're like, no attack that bitch. All you want, whatever. (laughs) Just in the fact that she is an established artist, uh, who, uh, who has had a history of, of like stealing culture and lying about it. And so she's not, uh, she's not someone that, that, you know, that can't take a hit or two, which is why I was saying it doesn't really work for James Corden. Cause he also is, you know, wealthy and powerful and doing just fine. Uh, but the Taylor Swift that was attacked by, um, by, uh, Kanye West that year was a 19 year old girl mm-hmm. who that was like her first major award and fucker had to go up there and take it from her. And at that time, you didn't know if she was going to have a long career. She was just a little kid that went up to get an award and douchebag had to go, Uh Uh-uh, you don't deserve this. Fuck you asshole. She should have punched
1: him in the face. Yeah. Um, but you know, saying that he does mention the, he accuses the, the audience, which is full of celebrities, by the way. Uh, you know, oh, you all say you're woke and you work for Disney And uh, uh, Amazon and whatever else the references were. And he says, companies that run sweatshops in China and you think you're Mm -hmm. woke. Uh, So he did, you know, he, he, I thought it was very funny. Uh, Tom Hanks did not think it was funny. If you go back and watch the footage, (laughs) because you cut away celebrities at certain points. Um he talks about The Irishman, which I haven't seen yet. He talks about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which I haven't seen yet. Uh, he talks about Once Upon a Time being so lo- in Hollywood being so long that by the time the movie ended Leonardo Di- Leonardo DiCaprio's date was too old for him. But um, To which Leo laughed. He then that's went on the, to, He then went, solid. He, he then went on to make a Prince Albert reference. So then you're like, "Oh, you're skirting just, you know, just a bit." Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I, I thought overall it was really funny. Um, you can tell he did not give a fuck about it. Uh, he said that his last TV series was a a series about a, a man whose wife dies of cancer. So he's going to kill himself. And he still enjoys that more than this fucking award show. (laughs) Jesus. So I don't know how he got up there and got away with it and they let him finish the show. Obviously somebody knew what the fuck was going on. There was a Vince McMahon somewhere that okayed that. So,
2: uh, oh yeah. Check it out because. Because for one thing, somebody was like, this will be talked about. <laughs> oh, definitely.
1: It's definitely going to be their most their most hashtags and their most, you know, they're going to be, uh, what's the, they're trending on Twitter and all that BS. But I thought it was really funny. Um, if you don't like him, you won't like it, obviously, but good on him. And people are calling yeah. it hateful. And I'm like, it wasn't hateful. Come on. Did he hurt the movie I'll star's feelings? Up. Come on.
2: Right. And again, and, 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 uh, and, part of it again, is I have those, those mixed feelings on, if you were going after established movie stars, like if you're going after Tom Hanks, sure. And that's pretty much what he's somebody, doing. Yeah. I mean, if you're going after somebody who's, um, who it's like their first film or it's their first major award, I'm like, at that point, that's when I start to go, fuck you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he, he accuses the Hollywood national press of being racist. And that's why there's no, no not more people of color nominated for awards. And that's true right, and I'm like, well, he's, it's true. He, he, what do you why are people mad at him? but I wouldn't say it's hateful. Um, it, no. it's, I, I think you'll enjoy it just for the reactions of the crowd. Would be they celebrities or not? i Some of my favorite parts of watching comedy stand up is is watching the people react in the crowd, um, and it's great to watch people. so the people who love it and the people who are like, "Goodness, gracious, I just can't believe he said that.
2: right. But again,
1: you don't know how much of that has worked too. Cause they're like, there's a camera on me. I better act disgusted.
2: Right. And, but yeah. And there's also, yeah, that, the the whole, uh, you know, Ricky Gervais is in that category of the, of the, it's okay. I offend everybody and it's, like, it's not okay to offend everybody. Have a viewpoint you fucker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I thought it was
1: very funny, but I'm kind of a dick.
2: Well, I, and I'm not saying that it's not, I'm, I don't know. <laughs> and even then, even earlier when I felt bad, cause I was listening to you, it wasn't that I was, I was giving you the, the crickets. I was actually just listening to what you had to say.
1: Yeah. I just thought you were, I just assumed, you know, being us as close as we no-selling. are, you were just no selling. Yeah. That's always my assumption. I was like, did you just, did he just no sell my joke? Which Rachel, <laughs> Rachel, accused me of just the other day. She accused me of no oh, selling wow. one of her jokes. Oh, and I was oof. like, oh, shark has veins which is you know what's funny i'm gonna make a confession to you i don't really know what that expression means i just sometimes i
2: use it i don't know what it means i'll be quite honest i couldn't even fully hear what you said but i liked it
1: shark has veins oh
2: shark has veins yeah no fuck that i don't know what that means at all
1: it's a thing that red man said to method man i think in a stoner movie once when somebody yelled at them and they were like whoa shark has veins that may not be it maybe someone will correct me who the fuck cares
2: yeah, exact. But it's a, now it's an expression for you. Hey. I was talking about the fact that I have things that I say all the time that if you if I like really sat down and thought about it, I realize are things that I got from movies. But I've said them for so long now, I don't think of them as they're not to me. You know, if I say you know May the Force be with you, I'm obviously making a Star Wars joke.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But if something goes wrong and I'm like, ah oh, fuck me, that's something I have said for so long that i don't think of it as a robocop reference
1: yeah i have a lot of those and as i took rachel through catching up on all my favorite tv shows movies over the years she'll still randomly look at me and go is any of your shit fucking original no no because no. you know yeah. uh, on only fools and horses Dellboy boy will say some line that i say to her forever and she's never noticed it before um just you're like you're right they get ingrained in you uh and what's fun here is i make tons of like seinfeld references because here like basically no one's ever seen them so they have no idea what i'm talking about so they just think i'm weird but i think it's fun
2: right whereas i i was never i was never a massive uh seinfeld fan but one thing that definitely Uh, kept me from, cause here it played on like five different channels, like all day long, of course, constantly. Uh, and, uh, I was for, for years I had a job where I worked the quote unquote hot food station in a restaurant, which basically meant that I made paninis and served soup Mm -hmm. and God help you. Anytime that place made fucking mulligatawny soup. Oh, you didn't go there immediately. I kind of thought you might have made the connection. I know, sold you. And to, oh, so that means you did get it, you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, for anyone who doesn't watch <laughs> as much Seinfeld as I know that he does, uh, Mulligatani is the soup that the soup Nazi served that everybody went crazy over. And so every time we'd have I would I would have like – because we would get soups for a week. So I'd have a full week of people going – Ooh, no soup for you! I'm like, what do you want? Uh, yeah, no soup.
1: I met uh, the actor who played Soup Nazi in Toronto at a Comic Con once, and he was a lovely man.
2: Um, well, I met uh, a very lovely man. Uh, I didn't know him from Seinfeld; I knew him from other work. But he played, uh, in, uh, he played Elaine's English boss, the yeah. the one who who would come eat a candy bar with a fork and knife. Yeah.
1: Now you've told me, but you probably haven't told them. So, but yeah, that's really he's a, tremendous. Of actor hilarious in that yeah, the show actor, as well.
2: Yeah. The actor is Ian Abercrombie. I don't remember the character's name, but he was also on, he was in like, Mr. The, Pitt. okay, Mr. Pitt, but he was also in, uh, army of darkness. Uh, he was in, um, he was in the, the television show birds of prey. He played Alfred, but, uh, he was just, he was a lovely man. And so I, yeah, I, I got to sit down and talk with him one afternoon, uh, it was well before podcasting well before, uh, I think podcasting was even, well, I can't say it was before podcasting was a thing because it was, I was around that time that before I had that job, I worked in a bagel shop where I saw, uh, do you know the actor Michael Chiklis?
1: I know the name and I'm sure I'd know his face. Let me look him up while uh, you
2: tell. He was on The Shield. He played The Thing in the first two Fantastic Four movies. Yep, yep. Uh, at the time, it was before The Shield and before Fantastic Four. I mean, we're talking like 2000-ish um, where he was mainly known for a show called the, the commish, but he was in the bagel shop in line and behind him was a, uh, a, a former MTV VJ called, uh, I believe it was Mark Goodman. And the two of them were negotiating a deal to have Michael Chiklis on his internet radio show. <laughs> huh. And so that was kind of the, the first time that I was like, Oh, there's radio shows on the internet ding
1: light went off and here we are 10 years later rich and famous from our podcasts Whoa. but yeah i make a lot of george costanza references at work and no one gets it and most of them are just me raging in the third person <laughs> so as people walk away from me i'll just go lazy's getting upset <laughs> and they'll just look at me you know we're living in a society
2: and people just stare at me like he's nuts but I, that's kind of what we were saying about the fact that if it's some, if it's something you live with enough, it's not really a reference anymore. It's actually just the way that you speak.
1: How? Yeah, exactly. What's
2: I mean, that? there are certain things that I'll only do around Jason. Like there's this one thing that, uh, <laughs> I don't know how this became an oddly personal podcast, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, there's a phrase that we've used for years when, uh, you're, when you can't believe something, when you're like, can't be fucking can't be. And that's taken from a, a comic strip for, that. We read when we were kids. So
1: yeah. And you just, you, you keep them, you, you take them along with you and sometimes other people get them and it's really sweet when it happens.
2: Yeah. Nah, of course it was can't be asterisk cloud at sign number sign. Of course. <laughs> can't <be. laughs> Fucking but, can't yeah. be, but it was can't be fucking can't be so yeah <sighs> okay we are oddly we are we, not oddly
1: but yes because we had a little like nice chitter chatter before we're, we're we're all like smooth and personal and emotional
2: place
1: well, your bets <laughs> listeners on which one of us cries first <laughs>
2: Oh, gee, well, uh,
1: starting starting uh, now
2: <laughs> <laughs> and go <laughs> um Uh, Okay, so here's something I have been uh, uh, chomping at the bit kind of to have an opportunity to say. Is it time for Grumpy JJ? It might be time for Grumpy JJ. I'm going to try to get to Grumpy JJ slowly. I I might be able to stay logical, JJ, but there's definitely some grump in here.
1: I think we need a Grumpy Um, JJ theme
2: song one day. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. So here's before I go off on all of this, one of the things that is a key to everything I'm going to say, and and I want to state it clearly now is that any way that you interact with any form of art, be it film, television, a painting, a sunset, however you interact with it. And it makes you feel is 100% correct and valid. All opinions are just that they are personal. So if I am sharing my opinion on something and you do not agree with it, your opinion is still valid. Cool. There we go. (laughs) So there, um, there's two things that are really kind of pissing me off that I haven't (laughs) talked about. Uh, uh, I know <laughs> there's the I first know where thing. you're
1: going now. So that's why I'm
2: before I go off on, onto the, the, the Disney owned property that I will probably be talking about in a moment. There's another thing that I haven't had a chance to talk about because the podcast has been on hiatus and I just wanted to, and this is way late now. It's just something I want to touch ba- base on because it is just, uh, f- people are still bringing it up. And now that this movie's about to come out on, uh, on home, uh, devices. Uh, it is, it's kind of being mentioned again. Uh, and the fact that, you know, speaking of art, I have had zero desire whatsoever to see the film Joker. Okay. Um, doesn't look like my kind of film. Um, I, I have no doubt that Joaquin Phoenix turns in a perfectly good performance, but not only did it, did the trailer make it look like it was not my kind of film, uh as well every time the director opens his fucking mouth i want to stick <laughs> i'll say my <laughs> foot down his throat <laughs> yeah <laughs> um uh, he one of the things he has talked about a number of times is how he used to do edgy comedies now your tastes might vary comedy is very suggestive, suggestive well but, it is um yeah, the, well, once uh, a phrase that I that I have quoted many times on my own podcast, you probably heard me say this uh, is a quote from Roger Ebert uh, saying that the two things that are completely review proof are uh, comedy and pornography because you can't explain why something strikes you as funny and you can't talk a man out of an erection. <laughs> no, you I can't would argue the latter is not necessarily true. Yeah, <laughs> I think. Yeah, I know.
1: I know. I know some people that could talk some people out of some erections,
2: <laughs> but it's a still it's a solid. It's a solid soundbite. Um, but I personally, um, found, uh, the movie old school to, uh, do, the premise of it was basically a bunch of older men hitting on college girls. Didn't really work for me. That it, it all came down to the, whether well, it seemed like it all came down to whether or not you found the, we're going streaking bit funny. I didn't find old school all that funny.
1: Okay. Now I, if, if I may uh-huh. just quickly for a moment, i fucking love old school now i'm willing to because recently when i made the 10 year anniversary podcast i realized how much we grow up and how you know what i mean how much you're for me it's i love vince Vaughn and my buddies and i at the time loved vince Vaughn, so we were excited to see it so again i'm going into it with that like pre i was gonna love it no matter what because it was vince Vaughn and it was will ferrell and it was a comedy that me and my buddies loved doesn't make it a great movie but i think i thought it was full of laughs um right and but again if if you love the dudes in it it's easier
2: exactly i mean i mean and i realize that in this particular case my my taste is not necessarily with the mainstream because i also find the movie anchorman unwatchable
1: right Um, now see that's one i liked in the theater but cannot watch these days i can't go back and watch it because i can't really get through it
2: yeah um my, my again with will ferrell movies in general and old school was kind of a will ferrell movie and the fact that in order to do a Will Ferrell movie, I think you have to not be in love with Will Ferrell, mm-hmm. and so you have to cut out a lot of what of the shit that he does and let the comedy stuff go through. He is very funny, but you have to rein him in. And so many of his comedies, like Old School and Ricky Bobby, mm-hmm. or and all of that shit. Um, and I know it's Teledega Nights, but everybody calls it Ricky Bobby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, those films, they just, they'll just they be like, okay, Will Ferrell now told a joke. Let's watch him make all the faces after he makes the joke. Yeah, And it kills comic timing.
1: And they started you know? to take the reins off of him the longer his career has gone on.
2: I'm right. <laughs> it's the whole, yeah, which is also why I think uh, Holmes and Watson was like a step too far because that was the ultimate masturbatory. But, uh, you know, when you look at, like, say, a, a director who's very skilled like John Favreau, who, who really reigned in? Uh, the elf is quick, mm-hmm. um, and part of the reason that movie does hold up is because it is—it's very quick. And you watch his manic energy, but you don't stay on any shots for too long.
1: No, he's—it's definitely kept to the story. There's not, you know, what I mean, you, there's not a lot of him whiffling and playing the cowbell.
2: Yeah. So, um, so yeah, and then the other big films he was known for were the Hangover films, which uh, I have gone on record as saying that the first Hangover is the I, – I think I watched one and a half of them and the second one I found to be too pedantic to even make it through. Um, but the, uh, but the, the, the one line from, uh, from Hangover that I found legit funny, I am 99% sure, was improv. Mm-hmm. Which was? Um, I, I don't know if it'll make sense. It'll be funny in context. It's really it's really in the moment. But uh, I believe Ed Helms is talking to Zach Galifianakis. And Zach Galifianakis says something like, you know, because he's got the baby on his chest. And he's like, you know, I've found babies all the time. And, <laughs> and Ed Helms is like, really? Where? You know, coffee bean.
1: <laughs> it's great. I love those little lines. He has another one with the bag. And somebody's stomping on his bag. And he says, hey, there are Skittles in there. Yeah, Uh, which is, yeah. But again, that movie I loved, but again, for me, it's an era thing. It's a me and the buddies thing. I mean, my friend Greg and I quoted still to this day, we'll
2: probably quote old school to each other if we see each other, you know? So it just worked out for us. Exactly. But yeah, I, I I have, I, I have more of a, um, my personal tastes is that I have more of a taste towards comedy based, uh, Or not comedy based. That's boy, that's a bitchy thing to say. That's not what I meant to say. Character based comedy over either uh, actor based comedy or zaniness based comedy. Right. Um, It's you know I hate to go back to this because it's uh, the the go to comedy for it seems like uh, generations. But one of the reasons that is that really makes Ghostbusters rewatchable is there's not a lot of jokes in it. Yeah, you're right. There's very little, you know, other than like, you know, he slimed me and stuff. It's mainly, mainly what's funny about it is you get in their heads. And it's also why, you know, you watch the film when you're a kid and it's all about Bill Murray. You, you grow up and you realize, no, really the, the, the person in that film to watch is fucking Harold Ramis. In the- Cause he just, he has this extreme character and just never fucking drops it. And every line he says is believable. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he couldn't, the line I collect spores, molds, and fungus could be not a strong character line, but the way he delivers it is. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so my point is that Todd Phillips now says that he can't make edgy comedies like old school and, uh, uh, he can't make edgy movies like old school and, and, uh, and, uh, hangover because audiences are too soft in the same year. Taika Waititi came out with one of my favorite films that I have seen in a long time about a kid with an imaginary Hitler friend. It's a kid in the Nazi youth who has Hitler as his imaginary friend. Sounds hilarious. It really fucking is.
1: (laughs) I have not seen it. I'm not opposed to seeing it. It just hasn't crossed my path.
2: It hasn't yeah it was a small release film I mean for one thing it was a film about a, a kid in the Hitler youth who's obsessed with Hitler. Right. It's not and, the, and it's not it, I don't know if you've seen Taika's film Hunt for the Wilder People. I no. mean cuz Taika's now mainly known for like The Mandalorian finale and Thor: Ragnarok but Called me a dickhead? Um, <laughs> yeah and his little bits like that are hilarious. Yeah but the um but hunt for the wilder people uh is is a film that is it starts out really beautiful and then something horrible has to happen to change the status of the film and when the something horrible happens it breaks your heart jojo rabbits a film about the holocaust it, some shit bad stuff happens it's an emotional film but it's also funny yeah you know, there's a scene in it where the Gestapo is raiding someone's house. I just saw this on YouTube with, with Stephen Merchant because Stephen Merchant plays one of the guys in the Gestapo uh, where <laughs> there's something like 31 characters all saying, like, "Hi, Heil, Heil Hitler to the, each other for, like, a minute straight because mm-hmm. they're greeting each other. And it's so Monty Python and ridiculous Yeah, because they all, like, make eye contact and go, Heil Hitler, Heil Hitler, Heil Hitler. Heil Hitler. <laughs> and it's. Yeah, I don't know. It's just it's a it's a very it's a strange film. But don't tell me you can't make edgy comedies, especially in the fact that 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 film is a hundred percent character based. It's not that you can't. It's it, the, when comedians talk about how you can't make jokes about anything anymore, that's horseshit. You just have to earn it, which is going to tie into my other rant in a minute. Um, but. You can do. There's this idea that people are sensitive, too sensitive, and the fact that you can't talk about anything is absolutely horseshit. It's just you can't, you can't just throw it in out of nowhere. You have to. You. Okay, so I don't know if uh, if any of your listeners are necessarily going to know my history, or if any of my listeners have been listening long enough to know my history. But I have. I am someone who I grew up in the theater. I've been acting since I was uh, well, the first time that I auditioned for a role and got it, I was in third grade. Um, uh, I played the artful Dodger in Oliver. I also, I joke that I also played baby Jesus when I was an infant, but that really was my folks and not me. And it was just that I was born in December. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, but so basically from third grade, uh, on, I have been, I have been in the theater. I have, I have directed, I have written things that have been performed. I have acted, uh, it's a, when I say, when I talk about craft and stuff, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I, I, I'm not trying to oversell myself, but I'm not some asshole that just watches a movie on the weekends. I've lived the shit for my entire, it's like when you talk music, you, you shut up and you listen because it's something that is your passion that you've lived around. Yeah. So, um, I directed a couple of years ago, well, it's been a number of years ago now, but I directed a comedy. Um, that a friend of mine wrote that involved um uh a Freaky Friday style body swap where a kid was um <laughs> this is so awful to say <laughs> when you break it down like this. It's such a terrible thing to say. But the kid was Freaky Friday with his dad on his birthday and the mom turned out to be a bit of a dominatrix. And so mom like slipped him a Viagra. It was, it was his birthday, like slipped him a Viagra, a Viagra, like tied him up to the bed. And so there was incest involved in that a make freak- couldn't make that play today. People are too sensitive. That's what I say. The way that you make that comedy work. And the, and part of the reason I bring this up is because somebody saw the version that I directed and then they made it, they liked it enough. They made a short film out of it. And I, I'm going to say that I think the short film was terrible. Because the short film didn't understand what we got right. And then if you are going to go that dark, the beginning has to be the relationships that you have to establish, the fact that the family loves each other. You have to establish a strong family dynamic that can, doesn't have to necessarily be in the script. It can be done with how they interact with each other, how they speak to one another, the, if they touch each other when they walk by. Um, It was very important for me to establish the fact that the husband and wife were very, very, very in love with one another. And that's why you can kind of go there because you're like, well, the wife has no idea. And so you earn, you earn that dark twist by making the, by, by establishing the characters at the beginning, you earn the the ability to go anywhere. And every audience saw that went with it because we earned their trust yes there's (laughs) so yeah you you, this idea of you can't do that these days is horseshit as long as you establish that the that 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 you can you have faith in the characters and that no matter where you go even if it has a dark ending that the characters are probably going to come out of it you know different but okay boy that kid's fucked up though isn't he um well that that play had a particularly dark ending so yes that kid was fucked up of but course. at the end because what happened rather than switching uh back with his dad uh the the genie was kind of a horrible person and switched uh, his girlfriend to his mom so then uh <laughs> so the dad and mom like were born over into the younger bodies and the kids were stuck in the older body i didn't like the ending of the play i'll be honest
1: <laughs> no you were the director you should have directed that in a different direction.
2: Uh, playwright has in, in plays playwright always has, uh, is kind of the, 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 the top man there. I know, but I'm going to assume you were bigger than him. Uh, we were about the same size and also, uh, much like in wrestling. Well, he had more pull.
1: Fair enough. I understand. He was higher on the booking (laughs) committee.
2: Yep. I'd like to Uh,
1: apologize to my listeners quickly for my squeaky chair. It's going to be going soon. I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> yeah but he had more uh, he had more stroke in wrestling terms. Um, okay so but that so the reason that I kind of go off on that is that kind of k- goes along with the fact that um, if okay, let's talk about the movie that I saw on Christmas. So I saw Rise of Skywalker on Christmas Day. People probably already figured that out. Um, you saw it before I did. Mm-hmm. Um, we have spoken a little, and it sounds like we both enjoyed it.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Absolutely. Um, I do have, um, I do have one, uh, legitimate like beef with the direction the film was taken. And that's that, uh, that I know you didn't care for last Skywalker. I did last Jedi, um, last Jedi, last Jedi, excuse me. You didn't care for last Jedi. I did, but last Jedi established, um, a very strong character in Rose Tico as the every man who, uh, idolized heroes and then kind of by the end realized that she could be a hero it was a great character arc and um she wasn't utilized in rise of skywalker enough and for my tastes sure um and i've
1: seen the opinion you know um i look at it exactly the same as like the years when the fans wanted the wwe to push daniel Bryan. right Right, they're unhappy with the booking of the movie
2: you're not – and that's the thing is I, I am trying to um, – I am trying to interact with the film that was given to me and not the – because there are a couple of things that happened in Rise of Skywalker that if you'd asked me beforehand, I was like, well, I don't want this to happen. I don't want this to happen. And they gave it to me and the film earned it. I, when I talk about the whole Kelly Marie Tran thing, there's A, the politics of how she got attacked and I think that it, it opens up the – Argument that uh, she got jar jarred, which I don't think is what happened. Because if you listen to what the author said, is that they really liked the character and what they were trying to do was establish that she was um, basically Leia's number two. But the scenes that they where they were using footage of Leia for that ended up not looking very good. Right. The the, the splicing Leia into the, the, the screen didn't work for, uh, for the shots. And so the character got sidelined because of special effects. I'm just saying it could have been easily. I think it would have been a very interesting thing if you had Because um, the, the ending of, of Last Jedi kind of mirrors the ending of, of L- the Rise of Skywalker and, and Last Jedi kind of mirror in the fact that you know uh, Finn's going to sacrifice himself for the greater good. And I think that there was a chance to have had a conversation there that, that moved Kelly, tr- uh, or wrote Tico's character forward a little bit better. And I just, so what I'm talking about is like the, the arc of the trilogy and the fact that I just, I feel like it was, that was a little dropped. Um, I understand what you're saying about booking and that's kind of how what I feel about a lot of what people are saying about the film. Mm-hmm. But in the, if, when you look at the greater story, um, that is one storyline that I, I feel um did get underserved for as big a um for as big as this setup was i think that they could have paid it off better um so that's my that's my legit like critique i think a lot of the other stuff is little piddly stuff because i mean uh we're going to spoiler city now <laughs> um Spoilers. i guess we went into a, but you know in order to discuss the film you got to go into some spoiler shit like you know because if you would ask me uh, before I saw rise of Skywalker, if I would have, if I wanted, uh, I've been saying since force awakens came out that I didn't want, uh, Ray to be a uh, family to anyone. Yeah, I remember. Um, and so when they made her a Palpatine, uh, if you know, even when it happened in the film, I was like, Neh. but then I got over that pretty quickly because I saw what they were doing with it in the film. And why they did it in the film, and this idea that it, uh, so there's there's stupid critique, stupid ass critique out there that says that they that the film was made by a Reddit thread or that people that the that the angry fans, and that's the other thing that I really pissed off about is this whole idea that Star Wars fans now. Are this horrible toxic bunch when if you listen to anyone who works on Star Wars, anyone who has gotten attacked with the exception of maybe Kelly Marine Tran, um, they will tell you that it is roughly 5% or less of the comments they get are negative. That 95% of Star Wars fans are – you know even if you don't like something, you can have a discussion about it and you don't have to go, no, you suck and everything sucks.
1: Yeah, but unfortunately those are the loud ones and those are the ones that get the retweets. And those are the ones that get picked up by media. So then of course Star Wars fans are little bitches. Boy, it's similar to wrestling again, isn't it?
2: They and that's that's a lot of what I that's a lot of what I'm really frustrated with right now is the fact that if you like the movie, like the movie. If you don't like the movie, don't like the movie. Uh, it's perfectly possible to to say not like a movie like say old school that you have friends that like it a lot. Mm-hmm. You and I have never talked before about how about our feelings of that film because it 's not that important no
1: and I mean when I look at current wrestling i it 's not for me i 'm not enjoying it i don't i don't watch it, but I also don 't jump on Twitter and bitch about like uh, man, why, why isn't Kevin Owens getting a bigger push or whatever? Right. Cause if I'm not watching it and it's none of my goddamn business and if somebody does yeah. enjoy it, then that's, that's their goddamn business. Right. I mean, I'll be honest. I don't want to sidetrack to wrestling, but I cannot fucking believe Brock Lesnar is still
2: the WWE champion, but goodness gracious, that's not, important. Oh, and the fact that they fed Kofi to him in seconds. Yeah. And, but, you uh, know, but by the same token, you know, uh, I, I don't watch it, uh, but I do, I, I follow little things here and there. And so, um, do you care about wrestling spoilers at all no
1: no you and said no no i don't give a fuck because i follow okay. a lot of twitter accounts and stuff but i don't watch it so you know um I, I, but i could not believe he was champ
2: still no 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 i know but i was gonna say something that happened even last night which it Fine. won't be last no, night please
1: say it folks it's january 7th the time of this recording if you're upset by the time this comes out you gotta move on with your life man
2: it was just a, you know, you mentioned Kevin Owens, and so uh, I am kind of happy that, you know, Kevin Owens is one of the characters that gets warmed up and cooled down and warmed up and cooled down. Uh, and I thought it was kind of interesting. So he's in a program right now with Samoa Joe. So please let both of them get a push. But they were, uh, <laughs> they had a surprise tag team person that was supposed to come out last night, and uh, it, to everyone's surprise, it was a very healthy, very tough looking Big Show. Well- and uh, I never would have thought that in 2020 uh, you would get a We Want Big Show chant going from an audience. But he looked good.
1: I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad to hear he's healthy and all that stuff. But, you know, yeah, the it's wrestling fans, Star Wars fans. It's all the same little sick little world. And again, I don't want to get sidetracked. But why the fuck is the WWE champion entering the Royal Rumble? That defeats the whole purpose of the Royal Okay, I don't want to get into it. I don't want to get upset. I, I, I know. I don't want to get upset. Not, I don't want I, and that is. This is why is, I don't watch I, wrestling anymore. You know what I'm saying? Because I was like the abused girlfriend that just kept, or boyfriend, let's be fair, who just kept coming back. Oh, look, I know I know, he really hurt me this time, but he's changed, baby. Daniel Bryan's a champion now. He ain't gonna hurt me no more. And then you get another cuckold storyline, which Vince McMahon must get off on. I hate those storylines. The whole splitting up mm-hmm. a husband and wife and this and that. Mm-hmm. But what I did enjoy was Rise of Skywalker.
2: Yeah, my, and uh, and so in Rise of Skywalker, the reason I'm guessing that Lesnar's in the Royal Rumble is whoever uh, eliminates him is going to be the ultimate winner, and so you're setting up a, a match that has stakes, I'm thinking. Sure, but there's other ways to do that, too, man. Fuck. I agree with that as well, and the fact that he's the champ, so everyone should have a target on his back. So Rise of Skywalker.
1: And if he uh. wins, the only one he can go after is the Universal title, and now Brock has both, and that's even worse because now you're champ of both titles. is. Ne- I don't want to talk about
2: wrestling. Which again, uh, I don't think uh, Fox would want Fox, which is owned by Disney. So you know, we're, we're on track. Who's the Universal uh, the champ?
1: Point.
2: Oh, Christ! Awesome, it's fine. I
1: I love that. Neither one of us knew immediately. That's the only point I was trying to make. Um, you know who who uh, who was the Skywalker when they talk about Rise of Skywalker? Do we ever get that?
2: Um. Well, it means a couple of things, I think. Who the fuck is the champ? I'm sorry. I'm actually. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Rachel.
1: Who's the universal champion in WWE? Don't look it up. Do you know? No, that's the other belt.
2: Yeah, not the black belt, the red belt. You know
1: what? She, She doesn't know either, but she's made very educated guesses. She said it's probably Brock, Seth, or Roman.
2: It might be Seth.
1: It might be. We don't know. We don't know. But she's right. That's the booking of guy. Like, you know, a couple of years ago, the answer would have been it's either Orton or Cena. Yeah. You know I mean, so it's one of them. Who gives a fuck anyway?
2: So the, I believe Rise of Skywalker is either. Uh, it, it, I think they're basically talking about the fact that um, in the film we, we a see that the what they were planning on paying off in this film all along was that Leia had dra- Jedi training but unfortunately Carrie Fisher passed away before they could pay it off yeah. so we got a game cut scene instead Did I hear her just say something <laughs> she, she yelled
1: at, Huh? I think she yelled out Seth Rollins Okay. Is that right? <laughs> we we still don't know. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, fuck it's it could be me for all we know
2: <laughs> it's it's a uh, yeah um anyway um so uh yeah so i think there was that there was also the fact that it was the the elimination of kylo ren and the uh re of ben, ben skywalker so Ben's, 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 yeah. ben so yeah but, he, but making him a a because the, these films are, are very much again about blood versus found family, which is why I was okay with Ray being a Palpatine, but mm-hmm. I, I back to that. Um, and, uh, also the fact that Ray took the name, uh, or, name or title of Skywalker. Yeah. And, at, yeah. at and the film. So I think that's also, what it,
1: yeah, these films are also about redemption, right? Sorry to cut you off, but their are over. Yeah. Arc is always redemption. I feel like in these,
2: well, yeah. And I, uh, so here, you know, I actually had a conversation with my roommate about this last night, because um, he'd seen Star Wars and we hadn't talked about it, and then he was saying that the the his main beef with the film is that he didn't want uh, Kylo to, if he did get redeemed, to to get off as easy as he did. Um, yeah. which I understand, which I you know I get that is also I was also anti uh what i had heard referred to as uh ben demption i was also anti ben demption i was like no because you know i was (laughs) i was like no fucker killed uh killed uh my favorite star wars character right uh one of two him and chewbacca are my favorite star wars characters and he fucking killed him and he doesn't get off scot-free the film does a beautiful job of having <laughs> having Harrison Ford come back. And again, it was a Harrison Ford that came back to play. It was not a Harrison Ford that came back to go. Oh, man. Oh, wait, what?
1: She just yelled out Bray Wyatt, really? Oh, it is Bray Wyatt. The okay. fiend. Yeah, the fiend. Cray, he wanted at Crown Jewel, our wrestling reporter. He's had it since Halloween. Thank you to our roving WWE reporter, my wife. shinsuke has the intercontinental oh okay who's usa who's usa (laughs) and we didn't see that one we don't we don't know becky has has one bailey has the other other. we're
2: all caught up and And tag teams are who knows irrelevant
1: the the viking raiders or something Oh, they have the title. I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah. There you go. How interesting! Boy, do we love wrestling. Um, but please, I'm actually enjoying our our Star Wars chat. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't. You know, he doesn't get to get off easy, but Vader gets off easy. But we don't. We don't get to see Vader kill like a Han Solo type. You know, we don't.
2: Right. Well, and Vader, his my roommate's point was that Vader, or that, excuse me, that Vader's death is slow and excruciating, so he still has to feel the pain. Sure. Yeah. He, yeah. My thing about Kylo is that with Kylo, uh, Snoke was in charge when all the main, like, reigning death that we see happens. uh, Snoke's in charge of that. Snoke is the one who builds Starkiller base. Snoke is the one who kills all the planets. Um, you know, Kylo wants to destroy the rebels, and he, but he even is so focused on Luke that he – really the only person we – in my memory, I could be incorrect about this, but the only person that we really see him just cold-blooded kill is Han. And Han's the one, you know, quite frankly, you know, all those people that got blown up on all those planets are like, oh, look, we don't know who, we don't know who any of these people are. We see their fear, their scared expressions, and then boom. Uh, well, there's no connection to that. Not like you kill Han and you're like, fuck you, you killed Han. Right. Die slow, but motherfucker. I, but by having, and what I was saying, by having a Harrison Ford that came along to play and not do the whole like, oh, you been, you, 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 your mother loves you. And, <laughs> you know, which is the Harrison Ford we get way too often. Mm-hmm. Um, cause for what I understand, uh, Harrison Ford also likes to do a lot of laundry before he goes and performs like he does um and so uh i like we have a new euphemism but uh so uh he um but yeah so he shows up and by and and by having it very clear that he's not like a force ghost or anything it's 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 basically been playing the idea of what would happen if things had gone another way so it's new dialogue but it's very it's basically a reimagination of what would have happened had he not killed his dad right in, uh, in that trench because it's that same it, moment almost, yeah, and including the whole. Like, imagining him, you know, when he couldn't actually say, you know, Dad, I love you, I miss you, and having uh, Harrison Ford in a not overly wink and nod way of going, he said the line, he said the line, but still going, I know. know. And, you know, so you're not doing the whole, like, you know, they they use the, I personally believe the term fan service gets used way too often, but but I don't really feel that they're doing the whole, like, he's going to say it, he's going to say it. It's just sort of a, aw, that's cute. He probably heard the story of his folks say that, and he mm-hmm. remembers. Beautiful. Or it could be something that moment. they did. Yeah, or it could be just something that they did as sort of a um <laughs> as a pet thing, because we all have little moments that we replay with our, our significant others.
1: Yeah, um, a, a great moment, but an unbelievably tough moment, seen for me personally. But Oh, yeah.
2: You know. Well, and then there's the fact that, and again, this is just praise to Adam Driver. Uh, So just just a you've seen the film twice, right? Yes. How many just roughly how many lines of dialogue do you think Adam Driver has after he talks to his dad? Think about what happens for the rest of the film, you know, and how he interacts with uh, the Knights of Ren and he goes and and, uh, and talks to to Ray and everything. So just roughly how many lines of dialogue do you think he has? Uh, One. Two. He says, ouch. He yeah. says, "Ouch!" I was thinking
1: he, th- those things. That I was running through my mind. He's, he's not speaking. He's doing a lot with his face and his hands, and which obviously showing how great of an actor he is. Then, right? But yeah, next you one. don't
2: notice that he's not talking. And even when he says "ouch," it's it's a very Harrison Ford moment. He jumps off of a ravine, and like catches himself on a chain, and just goes "ouch."
1: And he also <laughs> does a very Han Solo stance at one point when he's kind of like doing the the Rocky My via. Come on. Or the Shinsuke. You know, he does that little bit of a Shinsuke. Come on.
2: He also does the thing of, because this is where it is kind of beautiful. When he becomes, when he fully becomes Ben Solo, where Kylo Ren is dead, his body language completely changes. But he does the thing when he's running and he shoots behind him without looking and takes out a stormtrooper just exactly the way Han does Yeah, in in, uh, Force Awakens. He also when he and uh, ren pass the the lightsaber from back to forth he does a very he does a variation of the same shrug that uh, han does when chewie comes out of the atst yeah it's, <laughs> and a, it's all great the, and all the bad guys realize they're fucked and so this is you know kyla going i got a lightsaber now you're fucked oh well yeah and so it's just this beautiful uh, this beautiful uh, sort of transformation from this character that we've seen for two and a half films into a character that we had not seen before, and so you're able to believe that metaphorically when, uh, when Ray kills Ben, she kill or when Rey kill, when Ray stabs Kylo, she kills Kylo and then heals Ben. I mean even to the point of the scar on his face that she gave him in the first film is gone through the end of the film. Mm-hmm. And uh, so yeah. there's that. Um, and there's also the fact that he also realizes um, in the moment that when he comes upon Ray dead, that he knows that he's not the one to carry the light. He's That's got right. too much baggage. Yeah. And so he gives his life to Ray because Ray is the one to carry on. And it, it, it makes sense. There are some people, and this is where art you know, is subjective. There are some people that feel that when she came back to life and kissed uh, Ben, that that is the, the Raylo moment that people wanted. I personally think that their connection was not necessarily romantic and was definitely different. Um, and so I don't necessarily think that kiss meant, you know, we are going to hold hands and run off in the into the, the, the corner, you know, into the sunset and have a little house and raise babies. I think it was more of a, we just destroyed everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, you get caught in the moment. I think you would have kissed anybody then. You would have kissed Chewbacca.
1: Mm -mm -mm. (laughs) I mean, sometimes you get caught up in moments like the first moment you met me in person.
2: Yeah. Oh, that's true. (laughs) You fucking grabbed me and kissed me on my face. and what I was trying to do was a huge bug bunny kiss and nobody, including you laughed at all. Still don't get the
1: reference to the bugs bunny kiss. I don't want you to get mad at me.
2: That's okay. You just didn't watch enough Looney Tunes cartoons. But he used to like, on occasionally, you know, dress up like a woman, and then when he'd get found out, he would like grab him, kiss him on the face, and run off.
1: Oh yeah, I've seen that. I understand. I'm with you. I'm
2: with you. Okay. Um. You know. And then uh, some of the other. You know, if we're going to talk about some of the other things that I think have been, uh, just drug through the, um, the the criticisms that I find that are not that are people that aren't paying attention to the, the themes of the films or anything like that. And this idea that uh, okay. And this is a, here's a big thing right here is this conspiracy theory that somehow, um, Ryan Johnson and JJ Abrams were not making the same films. Uh, you know, and that, that there's all these things hidden in rise of Skywalker that are supposed to like destroy things that were set up in last Jedi. Well, first of all, you people fucking hated last Jedi anyway. So why are you now saying like, well, Rian Johnson did this and JJ Abrams is trying to say, remember what we already said about Disney being a invasive multi-billion dollar industry. If you don't think that these directors are making films with, I mean, they might have some, do some freedom in telling stories, but if you think that they are not told, By the way, this needs to happen. This needs to happen. This needs to happen. This needs to happen. You're a fucking idiot.
1: So, because I was going to say how ridiculous this is to have different writers write a trilogy. Um, I. So let's say I agree with. Let's say I agree. I'm not saying I don't. I'm just saying for conversation's sake. mm -hmm. Say I agree with you about that. Then who is the Vince McMahon of Star Wars? And who did write it? Who decided? Okay, she's a Palpatine. Uh, and this happens and this happens like who made those choices. And if not these two dudes, or do you think they made them together?
2: Well, uh, well, I don't, I don't know that necessarily made them together. I, bu- um, the, the people that the Disney executives, Kathleen Kennedy, uh, Bob Iger, um, all these people that are the, the creative, well, Bob Iger's in charge of Disney. So Bob mm-hmm. Iger is so removed from it. He doesn't have anything to do with it, but Kathleen Kennedy and anyone working around her, are so um, okay. Well, to keep with the wrestling metaphor, what I'm saying is they have the high spots and they have the finish.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Then the rest, oh, there's a lot of middle way that can be called on the fly. Okay. So, but so, so that's do you put, mean then
1: Kathleen Kennedy was the one who was like,
2: "It's Palpatine." Well, what I'm, I think it. Well, uh, I think it was. Um, so the people So I don't remember, JJ Abrams wrote, and I don't remember who wrote the first film. If, when you write the first film of a trilogy and you don't have, if you don't have your finish, then, I mean, it makes sense that if you are, if you are writing in 1977, if you are writing, well, in 1975, you're writing star Wars to come out in 77, uh, you are, you know, I know there's the, the whole idea that he wrote this huge story and then ended up only doing a third of it, but we also know from hearing him talk over the years that, you know, he had, he had the finish. He, he but there was a lot in the middle that he wrote on the fly, including the fact that he wasn't a hundred percent. Well, he said over the years, different things about not being a hundred percent sure if Luke and, and Darth Vader were going to be related. Um, but, um, because the if you, one interview he'll say, Well, I knew that all along, and another interview he'll say, Well, originally he was going to be this, so you know, uh, you yeah, kind of have they,
1: to take people talk about the nine movie arc that he wrote, but I also remember the special features for uh, the uh, the first one, you know, oh, number mm-hmm. one, episode one, The Phantom Menace mm-hmm. has a scene of him walking to his office, sitting down in front of a pad of paper, going,
2: Now I just need a story, right? So, which you know what I mean. So my, 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 my bet is when this, this wasn't conceived like a movie that might have a sequel. This was conceived as a trilogy. And if you were writing a story and you're writing the first act, you're going to have, if you are Cesaro and Seamus doing a seven wrestling, uh, a seven match arc, and you know, your finishes at the end, they're going to be, they're going to become the bar. (laughs) Okay. Mm -hmm. You got me? Yeah, I'm with you. You know you might not know every high spot in all seven matches but you know if you want to go all seven you know if you but you also might give yourself the out that if it's not going well you can if it's best what five out of seven you could cut it off at maybe six cuz you have like Sheamus win one and Cesaro win one and you're like boy people are not buying into this at all and you cut it off early but so you might have those escape valves but you're still going to go well we want this to go um, we're going to call it. Seven, we're going to call it a seven match arc, but we're going to kill it at six because we don't. We don't think we're going to go all the way to seven. It's, that's not exciting. And then, and maybe we'll have a, a shady finish for this. So then we know that we want to have them together. So we're going to mark. We're going to have these finishes happen in a way that they're going to end up together. So what I'm saying is, um, so again, if we're talking about Pal- the Palpatine thing, Ray was. Ray was Ray from nowhere from no one, much like Luke was a farm boy. Luke becomes a hero, Jedi. He's still a farm boy. Ray was raised by herself in adat as a scavenger, not having any idea she had any family lineage. Or Luke was raised on a moisture farm, not having any idea he had any special lineage. At a certain point, they find out both of them find out they're attached to something bigger. With a history in the case of Luke's that went positive and negative, in the case of Ray's, went negative, and they both decided to, um, that found family is more important than genetic family mm-hmm. and do the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Um, in the case of Ray, she becomes, uh, <laughs> she does what Danny Young Danny says in, uh, uh in uh, the Rogue One the I am one with a force and the force is one with me. <laughs> In the case of Luke, uh, Luke literally decides that he is going down the dark side and throws his lightsaber aside and, and decides that he's not going to fight, that he's going to be a pacifist. And that is what causes his his father to have the emotional uh, change in him that he has. But they both – becoming a Palpatine does not change the fact that Ray is Ray from nowhere because she is. Mm-hmm. She just also found out later in her life that her last name was Davis or whatever. Exactly, yeah. So, so by finding out she's a Palpatine, what all that really did is now she knows that she can go to the doctor and go, okay, well, my dad had, oh, my dad had a penchant for skin cancer, so I should wear more sunscreen. Mm-hmm. And that's all that means. I, yeah. So that's, so I'm saying that I, that when J.J. Abrams and Kathleen Kennedy and whoever it is at the top wrote Rise of Skywalker, um, they didn't go into it going – I wonder if by the end of this, if the good guys and bad guys are going to win, they had, they had the high spots. They had the, they had the finish point.
1: Hmm.
2: Um, and so if there were, if it turns out that the whole, uh, Ray lineage was something that, um, was one of the things that you could call on the fly. I doubt it. But what happened by the, if that is the case, by the time they got to the third film, they looked at it and they were like, well, how do we, how do we get back to that theme of found family? And, you know, and so that's, you know, be much like when people when they killed Snoke in the second one. People were like saying that that was Ryan Johnson trying very hard to make sure that they're like, let's kill the past in connection to the past. No, they needed to kill Snoke because of the story that's going to happen in the next one. I guarantee you. Yeah. And I
1: believe that Snoke was just a creation of Palpatine then. Look that way. Yeah. So I ultimately mean, they he, us- he's Palpatine's responsible for everything Snoke did.
2: They showed uh, they showed Palpatine with a a vat of Snoke's. That's that's right. Yeah, they look like the tests or whatever. Yeah, so. and we know that uh, we know that the they uh, I think it's Dominic Monaghan who has the line about like uh, something like extending life and clones. Those are Sith technologies. Yeah,
1: perfect. <laughs> Just slip that in there.
2: Yeah, because that's, I mean, I know there are some people that were also like, I can't believe they didn't even bother to show us how Palpatine survived. And I was like, remember when they made a whole trilogy about how explaining everything was important and you guys bitched? hmm <laughs> So, you know, what happened in this one? Palpatine's there and he's attached to bubbling tubes. Cool. Let's go. That's right. Well, <laughs> I, I, I enjoyed it. I think people need to calm down a little bit. Yeah, and my, yeah, my thing basically is, Uh, I mean, I I could continue to go through one by one on stuff, but I know I I would be here all day on that. But my thing is, if you enjoy something, enjoy something. If you don't enjoy something, don't enjoy something. But don't try to tell everyone else they're stupid for enjoying it or trying to make these – huge arguments on why everyone else is stupid because you are the one who can see through and see that it's garbage and that it's really all about the, the the fact that movie fans have become conspiracy nuts now and this whole idea of how Disney is trying to destroy Star Wars. Why are they trying to destroy it? Why did they pay billions of dollars to, for Star Wars to destroy it? But yet, but we fucking love what they do with Marvel. <laughs> tell you, this
1: one made me go on a lot of unfollows.
2: You know, I, I, I will say there is a very, very close friend of ours, uh, that uh, I have silenced on social media for a period of time that I love them. I love them dearly, um, like a brother, <laughs> but I have silenced him for a period of time. Cause I can't take his, his, his retweeting of people bitching and talking about how bad the film is and without naming him, cause he might hear this. And let me say right now, I love you, brother but I won't name him and shame him, but let's just say he's somebody who almost came to visit me when I saw you. Oh dear. Love him. Love him like my brother. I've talked about going to visit him in his, his home place, but I can't handle all the, the like, see this person points out how stupid this is. Yeah. Pissing me off. And, and I would rather not be mad at him. I would much rather let this pass by and remember that he is, he is, he is my brother. Then get mad and then have to go fuck that guy.
1: <laughs> well, my, my, my person, my, my person I was referring to is sort of someone we also both know, but not somebody we consider a brother. Oh, okay. And it was a preemptive one. Cause I knew it was going to hit as soon as the movie was out. And I was like, Nope, I'm doing it first. So we'll leave it. Yeah. At that.
2: We'll leave no, it I got at you. There. I got you. That was a smart move.
1: As psycho sits would have said, do unto the man as he would do unto you, but do it first.
2: And let's just say I may have done it first a long time ago,
1: a long time ago, uh, um, <laughs> a long time ago. <laughs> in a galaxy far, far away, far far away. And there's your bow. But, uh, oh, and the Mandalorian was fun. Glorious. Loved it. Loved every minute of it. Allegedly. Um, I haven't seen it yet. Cause it's not out in the UK, but you know what I mean? Uh, I called, I, do think it's- I called JJ on FaceTime and he, no, he didn't. He just told me about it. He didn't show me it. Cause that's illegal too. Uh, I look Is forward that- to seeing it one day.
2: Well, but basically, as I was watching, I gave him a scene-by-scene breakdown. Exactly. And he's such a glorious oh.
1: storyteller, and he was so descriptive. It's like I've seen it
2: in 1080. Yeah. Between that and all the all the GIFs everywhere, you can just piece it together. Yeah, and I got to ask, why the fuck did Disney not think this wasn't
1: going to get ruined and downloaded? Like, did they really think the rest of the world is just going to wait to March
2: to know what this fucking think, meme's about? I think they knew better. I, uh, But I, I also don't think... Uh, I think that they were playing the game of what's more important, making all of the money on the toys right away or having the surprise element. And I think they decided they wanted the surprise element and I don't think they expected it to go quite as nuts as it did. Cause the fact that, you know, I I got into a routine where I was waking up on Friday morning and before I checked my phone, before I showered, literally I would set my alarm for about a half hour before I had to do anything And I would watch The Mandalorian because I knew that for some reason that was a show we decided it was perfectly okay to spoil the second it aired.
1: When did we decide that? Where was that vote? I wasn't invited. And again, my point is like in the UK, Disney Plus is not available. So there is no legal way to watch it in the UK. Disney knows that. So they know that people are either A, going to not see it or B,
2: they're just going to steal it. It's only available in like four countries. It's like the U.S., like Belgium, and like Argentina. I mean, they're weird places. And no
1: wonder it's going to be the most pirated show in history, you dummies. But maybe they don't care because I'm still going to order Disney Plus in March, motherfuckers.
2: Oh, yeah. Because there's enough other really good content on it. And we still have Marvel shows coming. And we still have Cassian Andor coming. And DuckTales Um, is on there. And Chippendale. DuckTales. Although it's in the wrong order.
1: Yeah. What are they? Sort your shit out, Disney Plus.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, they've said they're going to fix the Simpsons cause they fake letterbox the Simpsons and mess that up. And they've got some stuff that's in the wrong order that they've sworn they're going to fix. But, um, but, oh, but one thing I will point about, uh, Disney, uh, excuse me about, um, about the Mandalorian that I do think is funny just because people are holding the television show to a different standard than the film. And I don't fully understand why. Um, I mean the Mandalorian is good. It is good. Um, and, but people are like, this is star Wars. i like, okay, but it's not the star Wars that, you know, what you would normally think of as star Wars. There's no Jedi. There's no lightsabers. It's just, it's a, it's a character based show about one person. And I, it is, does, does, does definitely play to my, my enjoyment. But let's say in, uh, Well, that I won't use that character because he does lose his lightsaber in the second film. I was about to say, let's say Luke lost his lightsaber in the second film, but uh, he does. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's say you know Kylo Ren, um, all of a sudden you know has his lightsaber for two films. And then without explanation, doesn't have it in the third film. I think people would freak the fuck out. But nobody gives a shit that the first half of The Mandalorian, they make a big deal of talking about how amazing his plasma rifle is. And then when it disappears in the fourth episode and is not in the rest of the series, nobody gives a shit.
1: Yeah. I didn't notice it, but I agree. And I mean, go with me down this road, if you will. Imagine Rise of Skywalker. You know when Rey goes to meet Palpatine? Imagine Mm -hmm. Mandalorian never happened. And imagine she turns to her left, and there's a little cot, and she lifts it open, and there's a baby Yoda. Fans would have gone fucking nuts. You ruined fucking Star Wars. What is this, Adventures in Babysitting? Right? Yep. They would have gone fucking nuts.
2: Yep. But- yeah, well, here's here's something that uh, is a little timeline for you as we as we're wrapping this up that I will just point out. So in 1977, and I'm not going to get all these years right because I can't remember. <laughs> and it's not that important to me. So I'm going to make general years. Uh, but 1977, a movie came out that nobody knew anything about. It was called Star Wars. And people were like, hey, I don't know anything about this movie. It was interesting. It was fun. Then in, I believe it was 1980, a second film came out. And audiences went, this is dark. This isn't anything like Star Wars. What the fuck? I don't like this as much. Then, in 84, I believe it was, another film came out (laughs) under the name Star Wars. And people went, oh, man, the last one was all dark and great and gritty. This one has fucking murdered teddy bears in it. This is stupid. Mm -hmm. Then, in 1999, a movie came out. And everybody was like, oh, Star Wars is back. Star Wars is back. And everybody watched it and was like, the fuck is this Jar Jar politics stuff? This is bullshit. Bullshit. Then uh, in two thousand three, possibly, <laughs> now I'm really making them up. Um, a movie came out <laughs> under the name Star Wars, and people went, uh who is this this teenager? Who you know? What's this? I hate sand. It gets in all my all the all your crevices. Man, he's pouty, and he doesn't act very well. It sucks." then uh then uh a couple of years later another star wars film comes out and no commit you
1: say th- a year you commit to it you started it you finish
2: it shit 2006 thousand <laughs> six. I'll all right say. good <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, a film comes out and everybody's like uh dorf vader's only in it for a second he just sort of looks up at at uh um the Death Star at the end still doesn't make any fucking sense. This whole this whole trilogy sucked. Star Wars is stupid. Then in 2015, a movie comes out and everybody's excited to go see it again. And you go and you're like, uh, it's just it's just a New Hope all over again but with a chick and a black guy. It's stupid. Then Last Jedi comes out. This doesn't feel like Star Wars to me at all. And it doesn't. It, it all the characters are stupid and Luke's not a hero anymore. It's stupid and I hate it. Then in 2019, a film comes out and everybody's like, "Ugh, JJ Abrams is just trying to destroy the last film, and and he's just going through point by point and trying to disestablish everything that happened before, and it and it ending in just Palpatine, stupid." So basically, you know, if you if you want to look at it, the only film that people have not been bitching about is the first one. So just remember, you're never ever ever going to please everybody, you or the five percent. Of Star Wars fans. Or the 5%. I mean, even as a kid, because I didn't understand it, I was a little bitty, bitty kid when my dad and I watched Empire Strikes Back. And I mean, I literally remember my dad turning to me at the end of the film because it was so dark and so not what we expected. My dad apologized to me. (laughs) He was like, I'm sorry, son. I thought this would be Star Wars again. (laughs) You know, and now, of course, it's everyone's favorite film because, you know, again, you, you talk about watching things from a different perspective and you grow as a, as an audience member. And you know, maybe the things that you thought were funny (laughs) are not as funny to you anymore. Or maybe the things that you didn't fully understand what the film was trying to do and the themes that the film was trying to explore uh, resonate with you more than they did when you were a little kid. Mm -hmm. So how it's another thing too, maybe if something doesn't strike you, uh, I will tell you that rise of Skywalker. The first time I thought I saw it, I was like, man, this is like a, this is like a old adventure serial. The pacing on this is crazy. I wish they'd sit down you know, just take a minute to, to like let characters breathe. You watch it a second time and the movie, like it's amazing how much it's down. Mm. And then you're like, Oh, okay. Well, these characters do have a little bit of time to breathe. It just, you, the first time you were watching it, you, were, you are accepting a lot of information and it feels faster than it does when you watch it later. Absolutely. So maybe, uh, you know, Maybe let yourself change and maybe don't let everybody else know that they think that they're idiots for not liking something. And maybe Ricky Gervais can be nice to people.
1: And because he's being nice, what he's saying and the Ricky Gervais side of that would be stop being little bitches to each other and stop whining like little whiny little bitches. Yeah. That's what he's saying. Mm-hmm. You whiny little bitches. Says the guy who used to host a wrestling podcast where we would exclusively whine about wrestling, but that's that's why I can point fingers at you too because I'm I'm one of y'all sometimes.
2: Right, but then you also decided that it wasn't for you anymore, and you guys stopped doing that show. Not at all because you guys couldn't schedule or anything. You just decided to be adult about it. Yes,
1: <laughs> that's exactly what it was. It wasn't the fact that my our good brother Fitzy and I could not organize a fucking blowjob contest in a whorehouse. It's because <laughs> it's because we took the high road. <laughs> So there, what a better way to end our first, my first, our first podcast of 2020. With a belly laugh. With a belly laugh. I love the belly laugh. It's been a wonderful 10 years of friendship. I look forward to 10, 20, 30 more. You know, I'm not being over, over exaggerative about it. You know what I'm saying?
2: I I hope we have 30 years left. (laughs)
1: Yeah. You know what I mean? At best. I don't know. I'm not being negative. I'm just saying. All right. (laughs) It's been real. Love you all. All of you, each and every, well, except for, except for, except for you. Everybody else I'm cool with. Not you, JJ. The person knows who they are. They knew who uh, they, were. Yeah, they, oh, they are. Fuck yeah, that person. Yeah, you. You know who you are. Fuck them, you. Yeah, that's right. Say goodnight, JJ. Eat shit. us say Good night, JJ. Uh, let's, say goodnight, JJ. Goodnight, JJ. Eat shit. Get off my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Please get the fuck off my podcast. We're done now. Don't follow us. Don't subscribe. No, please do subscribe. Please do. It really helps. And leave a review for both of us. Uh, and, and and tweet JJ and tell him how much you miss Mars Needs Podcasts. Uh, and there you go. Okay, bye. Fuck it, you.
2: It won't change anything.
1: No, we'll it won't change. Back.
2: It, it okay. won't change fuck all, but, you know, do it anyway. But it makes me feel good.
1: Hey, it's true. Speaking of it won't change anything at all, but it makes me feel good and nobody gives a fuck. My new single came out on Apple Music today. So there you go. Uh, the Matt Band. Buy that shit. I left Mary. It'll be on all of them soon, but, you know. There you go. How exciting!
2: So here's here's my uh, here's my admitting to being a little stupid. Have the rest of them been iTunes as well, or have you only put them on Spotify? No, they're all everywhere. They should all three all three of the releases should be on all of the stuff. Ah fuck me! I should have gone and bought them already. I was I was gonna go buy. uh, I I might have a a good friend who maybe sends them to me, but I still want to support him. Who the who the fuck is? Is it Rachel pirating my music again? It's Elwood elwood you
1: and he's the blues guy oh (laughs) motherfucker this is such a betrayal it's like the time i got in jp's car just john's car and my fucking band song was fucking playing in the car and i was like how do you have this song i don't even have this song
2: i i might also have that on my itunes that same song yeah (laughs) <laughs> that i definitely did not use a uh i did not google mp3 th- or youtube to mp3 i certainly didn't do that well
1: that's the same fucking thing just johnny did so you're in good company <laughs> stealing from your buds now folks i do hey, let say, me buy it and i'll buy it all right do it it's on fucking itunes you know i will so put your money where your thumb is <laughs> i will but my point from that is Uh, If you listen to me on Spotify or any of the streaming services, I don't want to be braggadocious here, but I get 0.01 of a penny for each stream, y'all. So maybe leave it on repeat when you go to work tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? Just let it run. But if you buy it on iTunes, I think you buy it for like 79 P here in the UK, 79 pence. I think your boy gets like 60 pence of that. So line the pockets. I've had music online now for about a year, I think roughly right uh and i have made i'm gonna just flat out fucking say it there's no shame there's no fucking there's no hiding it are you ready for this are you sitting down mm-hmm. in I one am sitting down in one year after a lifelong obsession and a lifelong passion of being a musician the two songs that i have uploaded to all of the streaming services have made me a grand total
2: of three pounds and 24 pence so there yeah, you have it i know that. I know that's going to sound terrible, but that's actually more than I was expecting you to say. I'm very happy.
1: It's terrible. It means I have to change my settings because my, whoever they are, distributor people, I set that to 100. I was like, yeah, every time it gets to 100, send me that shit. Well, tell you what, that's going to live longer than me. Tell you that much, motherfucker.
2: (laughs) Every time it gets to five, send it.
1: Yeah, right. Tell you what, five, let's have it. Two, two is a coffee. I could cash out right now and buy two coffees at work. You know what I'm trying to say? So anyway. I'm drinking out of a Tim Hortons mug right now fuck i <laughs> so support your local musicians i guess that's what i'm saying and buy my fucking shit on itunes please and put the song on repeat when you go to work it's i'm not asking do for you too much
2: folks do you know if it's on amazon music as well or it or is will it just
1: be it will be everywhere
2: so cool. um
1: now the original singles those two are, are already everywhere amazon music spotify youtube whatever all of them uh and the new single i left mary by the time folks hear this should be everywhere as well, because it's only just been uploaded, so it takes a while. But yeah, it should be everywhere. So stream it, okay. download it, and then while you're at it, buy some other
2: independent musicians' shit too, you know? I I, I will be buying it literally after we hang up. Oh, yeah. Because I didn't realize I could buy it. I thought it was only streaming. So oh, thank you for sharing that information with me.
1: No problem. And thank you for your $1.20. Thank you very much. Anytime. <laughs> All right, folks. That's it. Fuck off. Bye.
2: <laughs> we rule it endings. That's what she yeah, said. Well, we got good information there at the end. I swear to God, I did not realize your ship was for sale.
1: Well, there you are. Now you do, and, and I uh,
2: will be. I don't <laughs> care that you sent it to me. I will be buying it because I believe in supporting the people you enjoy. Excellent. Thank you very
1: much. You folks, mm. listen to listen to your uncle JJ and do what he says.